scripture today comes from various passages from Acts 8 and 9, and it's a little bit long, but I uh, do invite you if, uh, to stand uh, for the reading of God's word to honor it. But if you have trouble with that, uh, please feel free to stay seated. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentations over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. But Saul, still breathing threats and murdering against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. May the Lord add his uh, blessing to the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Do you try to put your best foot forward always? I know people, I do that too, and people constantly seek for approval from others. But we know it doesn't matter what you say or do, but what comes out of you matters. No matter what, how we serve the Lord, people get what comes out of you, out of us. What's in us really matters. Because that makes deep impression on the people and it becomes the image and identity of ours. Last Sunday I talked about how important the purity of our spirit. If we cannot separate the outer person from the inner person, we cannot serve the Lord fruitfully or Transformative, sorry, transformative, transformative way. People don't change because what they receive is not genuine. What they receive is not really powerful. So today I want to talk about how to build. The good impression by maintaining 
the condition of our spirit. So, what Mani said, what generates, what generates an impression in others is the strongest spot we have in ourselves. What is the spot? The strongest spot people perceive from you and me. What is the strongest spot? It is the unrefined, unbroken self. Self, our self, is very strong. Because we've been building this self as a fortress over the years to defend ourselves from this brokenness of the world. We've been building our own castle and we are in it. So others will perceive, they sense only the fortress of ours. But the redeemed, the spirit, inner person is confined in the castle. But we still try to control our word and action. But we cannot control the people get what flows out of us, what people see, the outer person. So we want to believe, like Paul believed, we've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in me. That is our confession. That is our hope. Christ lives in me. It is no longer I live. But we have to admit that our old self, time to time, our old self crawls out of the dead and people experience that. Maybe you heard that you know, people call themselves, oh, I'm a born-again Christian. And if you go to, church, go to some church, they say, oh, you have to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Until then, you are not real Christian. Are you, are you born-again Christian? Are you baptized by the Holy Spirit? To me, it doesn't matter we speak in tongues or speaking the prophetic messages or we lay hands on people and cure cancer and whatever the disease. It's not the born-again Christian. It is simply being a Christian, living Christ, living like a Christ. What is that? Being for others. Feeling the pain of others and taking the unlimited responsibility for others. It is all about others. That's what who our God is and our Christ is. Being for others. Because in Christ 
We are one. We are one. But how can we do that? In this reality, in this society, in the world we're living today, how can we be for others and taking the unlimited responsibility for others? Even government can't do that. Right? How can we? We cannot. But the Holy Spirit can. By shining and killing. The Word of God. I would more say Jesus Christ. Incarnated Word of God. The Emmanuel God. God who is with us. That Word of God shines on us. On ourselves. And the Holy Spirit kills the spot. The unrefined, the broken spot. First, to shine on self, ourself, we need opening. Even there's a light shining on, but we are completely blocked, then there's no sh- light comes through. So we need crack, crevice. If it's wider, it's greater. Who make that crack? God is. The Holy Spirit uses our environment, our life circumstance, the events in our life to make the crack. Through the crevice, the light comes through and shines on the self, our self. So the Holy Spirit sees and we can seize what has to be killed. What has to be stopped? What has to be removed in us? But our flesh, our outer person, our physical body, our reason, our emotions, our flesh all together is a shelter. We hide in the darkness. But if the darkness is gone by the light shining on us, and then we cannot hide ourselves anymore. We're convicted when we're reading the Word of God, when we encounter a person such a so so real, you know, unreal kind of real kindness or graceful, you know, unlimited love. When those people we encounter, we convict ourselves. Through their light, we can see ourselves. But many people we know, include myself, we're patching up those cracks Whenever our life circumstances make that, you know, smashing us and then make a crack, then we just put, you know, whatever we put, filler, whatever, and patching up all the time. So we block ourselves from the light coming through. Because we want to stay in the darkness. Because that's what we've been, felt the comfortness, you know, comfortable we were there. Because when we have a light coming through us, then we have to see, we have to see the reality. It is p- 
painful. It is a sorrowful. It is guilty feelings. It's regret, regretful, and even resentful. Right? We don't want to deal with that. So we're just patching up the crack and no lights coming through. But what is the point of we come to church then? What is the point of with what base we can call we are Christian? If we are not in the light, we don't have a light in us. We are still in the darkness. And if we don't have any desire to, trans, to be transformed, if we are so, so satisfied with the you know, status quo, my family, my job, my income, you know, whatever that you really satisfy with that, you know, then what? What's the point of a coming church when church is the light of the world? And to be the light of the world, we have to be in the church. We have to be light to each other first. That's accountability. You know, the, you're reading the early church, the book of Acts, how wonderful church were. And the, under such a severe persecution in Roman Empire, in 300 years, for 300 years, church evangelized more than 60% of Roman citizens. Can you imagine that? They were burnt. They were boiled. They were eaten by the animal. Their children, their wife, their husband, their grandma, you know, killed because of their Christian. But they took over Roman Empire. Why? Because they had a meaning and purpose being a church. They were had intentionality come to church. They were not satisfied with the status quo. They could. But they willing to lose everything somehow. Then what happened? When emperor, the Roman Empire gave them the freedom worship. Then what? It took one and a half century the empire destroyed. Isn't it something who we are today? We have a freedom of worship. We have so many churches out there. But our country is going down. Christianity is going down. Right? And all these churches built before and after civil war. Before and after World War. It's exactly the same thing happening. When we do not have a smashing of God, then we do not have intention to transform. Without shining and killing ourselves, we are not church. So Paul is a, such a great example of shining and killing. Apostle Paul, his Jewish name was Saul. 
And he loved the Lord passionately. He would do anything for God because he was in darkness. I don't know, maybe you've been like a, a birthday party for a child with, you know, they, you know, hitting this, they blindfolded and they're hitting this, what, piñata? Yeah. And you've you seen some, some video that they hit, you know, the, the bystander, you know, the people nearby. It's like that. Saul was blindfolded by his ego, by his pride, by his self. By his faith. So he would kill and arrest and kill and imprison those Christians. Because to him, Jesus and his followers, just nothing but threat to his status quo. Being a Jew, Pharisee, Judaism. So he tried to defend his status quo from these Christians. So he raided house to house in Jerusalem. So churches were destroyed in Jerusalem and many Christians escaped to other countries. And he heard some Christians went to Damascus. So he was heading to Damascus. On the road to Damascus, he saw great light shine on him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You know, he thought, until then, he thought he's doing the great thing for God. He, he was doing the right thing for God in the name of God. But then, whatever this voice is, you know, why are you persecuting me? So Saul asked, who are you? Do you know who is the Lord? Do you know who is your Lord? Who do you listen to? Is your pride, your ego, yourself more than the Lord? That you are the Lord. If you're looking for approval, seeking for approval of others all the time, they are the Lord, your Lord. They are idolatry. We worship them actually. Whatever between God and you, that's your idol. It's money. It can be your career. It can be your family. Whatever the core value you think is greater than your faith and your Lord, then that's your Lord. And have you ever, but have you ever fell off from your right on? Like where your confidence comes from? Like maybe your, 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 your assets, your, your saving account, or your good health, or your, your career, your position, or your family. Whatever that is, have you ever fell off from it? Maybe you did. We all did. And we wonder, who am I? What am I doing here? 
with my without my fam without my family, without my job, without my income, without my whatever. I trusted on who am I? What am I doing here? Where am I? Right? Maybe you won't wonder. And it was a paradox. The shining light blinded Saul, but in his blindness, Saul could see the truth. In our blindness, when we fell off from we were right on, our, where we are confidence are, we are able to see what we haven't seen. The truth the reality, the spot has to be killed. So Saul could see his, the true condition of his spirit. And Jesus opened his eye, the spiritual eyes by introducing himself to Saul. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Jesus? Jesus is only one, you know, he, he knows. He was destroying the people following Jesus. The way they called the churches back then, the way. Because the way to following Jesus. The Jesus? You are Jesus? So Jesus revealed soul's blindness. Not knowing who Jesus is. Not knowing who is the Lord. So through our calamities, through our despair, through our grief, crisis, the Holy Spirit shines on us and kills ourselves for us to be born again. Unless we die, we cannot born again. Right? To be born again, you have to die first. What to die? We die to ourselves, our old self. Have yourself died yet? Who are you? Who am I for Jesus? Have you ever thought about how? God sees you? What is the perspective of God for you, me, for us? Who are you for the people around you? What do they receive from you? The old self who is condemned, the prideful, arrogant, selfish, or the born again who was redeemed. Maybe you remember the commercial for milk, God milk. I like that. But what about Jesus? 
God Jesus? I mean, is Jesus really flowing out of you? You know, to be flowing out of you. To me, it's more of an image of like an overflowing cup. If you have like a like little bit of the, you know, in your cup, it will not overflow. Right? It's not even enough for you to drink. Quench your thirstiness. So we have to have an overflowing. And Jesus, I'm sure, Jesus died on the cross, you know, pour out his love, pour out his blood and water, overflowing us. Right? Was Jesus' grace was like lack? Was not enough? When he said, you know, I love you. No matter what. There's no condition. If we receive the unconditional love, then we then unconditional responsibility for me, then I should be un, 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 unlimited responsibility for other people, isn't it? Otherwise we are not Christian. We're just I don't know, like a like a fan, right? We're just cheering for Jesus. What's, what is that with us? You know, being just cheering for God. We are the player. We are the, his body by the unlimited responsibility for other people. How? Because we experience that. Because Jesus overflowing this, this fountain in us. Unless we have a constant process of shining and killing our old self, we cannot have this found fountain in us. I mean, unless I have something in my pocket, if I have a candy in my pocket, I cannot give candy to you. I have to have some in candy in my pocket. So you have to, we have to have this love and we have to have Jesus in us by shining and killing our old self. You know, Saul, Apostle Paul, there was a missing 10 years in his life. The Bible, nowhere in the Bible talking about that 10 years where Apostle Paul has been. A lot of church legends said he was in Aravia, he was in, you know, in Antioch church, and he was a disciple. He is like top lawyer. And he's learned from other Christians for 10 years. Then he started his, his mission. It's not took three days and you know, blind and then get up and then start mission. It took 10 years for Paul to be a servant of God. So sisters and brothers in Christ, we try to put our best foot forward always to be approved by other people. But it is pointless. We must be approved by God. We must be approved by Christ. Then the people will approve us. With our approval of Christ, it is pointless. Whatever we do, whatever we try to do through this church and ministry, it's pointless.
People must feel the, what flows out of us. The refined, broken, disciplined ourselves. Maybe we've been thinking we've been doing the right thing through this church in the name of Jesus. But we have to admit, it never stops. Until we depart from this body, this outer person, this self, our self creeps into every opportunity to usurp the glory of God. So it is our lifelong commitment so I want to close in a time of a reflection and commitment today again. Let's take a moment, reflect on the message today. Let me, give you, let me give you this question. When did God try to shine and kill myself and my pride? When did you feel that you fell off from your riding on? And what is the strongest spot people experience from you? And how do I, when do I attempt to usurp, take away the glory of God? Let's close an eye. And let's take a moment of reflection. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we confess we are in despair. We are in sorrow. We are weak. But still we don't want to admit who really we are. And we're trying to put our best foot forward to others always for their approval. Lord, come and shine on us.
and break us, our self, our pride, our confidence, and kill the spot you served your glory. Help us, Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us today.